Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to the Jacob Media Sports Network in partnership with AM1490 Sports Betting Radio. Subscribe to the Jacob Media channel on YouTube for access to all daily sports content. All right, welcome back to The Fix. We're live inside the Prop Swap Studios, AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio, and the moment you've all been waiting for. Every night, 7.30 p.m., we talk to our NFL Eagles insider, John McMullen. Follow John on Twitter, at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, si.com is where you can find his written work, and host of Extending the Play every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Now, John, let's start off with extending the play for a second. Uh, Super Bowl Saturday, and I know you have uh, something special in the works, so why don't you fill us in before we talk some Eagles? Yeah, uh, yeah, a little reunion tour. Uh, Ryan, Colin Thompson, who's uh, a a former co-host of mine doing Countdown to Kickoff, but obviously he's got bigger things to do this these days, tight end for the Carolina Panthers. So uh, he's going to join me for the Super Bowl show. And I'm pretty excited because, obviously, not only is he an NFL player, but he plays on the Panthers, and that means he plays the Tampa Bay Buccaneers twice a year. Uh, and the Panthers also played Kansas City so uh, this season. So I think it's uh, you'll get a really good perspective, uh, especially with those defenses, because he, he obviously prepped um, for both of those defenses, and, and they both have really talented players. And we'll probably sneak some Eagles in with them too, because you know Joe Brady is offensive coordinator. Got an interview here, and I'd be interested to see um, how he thinks about you know 27 year olds. I think Collins 27. How he thinks about 27 year olds coaching. I know Colin was uh, was a coach at, at 27, but yeah, that was he, high school. He was a coach at Lower Cape May uh, High School. Uh, he was a coordinator, so yeah, he'll probably be all for it now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah, so you're not going to want to miss that uh, every Saturday, but especially this Saturday. Colin, 
I've hosted shows with Colin in the past as well, and he's uh, very good on air. He's entertaining, and he's uh, now a part of an NFL locker room, so you're not going to want to miss that this Saturday, extending the play with J-Mac at 10 a.m. All right, John, let's uh, let's talk some Eagles, and Shefty had a Woj bomb himself, Shefty version today, at least for the Delaware Valley. Um we're, we're getting conflicting reports here, John. Some people are saying no way. Other people are saying not so fast, my friend, as it relates to the possibility of Carson Wentz being traded. So fill us in on what Schefter had to say uh, this morning, I believe it was. Well, I think Adam and I didn't hear the whole interview, but I, I mean, we've mentioned on this show, I've said it. And that's why I joked about when Adam says that things become very real, and understandably so. I mean, he's the most plugged-in guy in the NFL, so um, by no stretch of the imagination am I taking shots at him. But, look, it's well, Carson, I've said it on the show numerous times. People can listen to it on YouTube. Like, Carson wants out of here. Uh, it's not a secret. The issue is, can uh, he be <laughs> – that's a – the issue is, and I think I said on yesterday's show, that doesn't matter. He doesn't have any leverage. He doesn't have any leverage. Even if the Eagles agree to it, there's no guarantee they can trade him. So it, it, it's how I described it, and, and I wrote about this uh, for Philly Voice tomorrow. Uh, you know, what happened to the Delaware Valley for the snowstorm? There's a lot of people, particularly in Bucks County probably, where they got 30 inches, probably thinking about you know, they want to go to Florida, they want to go to Texas or wherever and get the heck away from this snow. But guess what? Not everybody can do it. That's how I I, I, I compare this to. He'd prefer to have a fresh start somewhere else. Uh, but the Eagles uh, have a lot of issues to get to that uh, potential outcome. Number one is the money, the financial aspect, which we've talked about a lot. Number two is... Um, they want value in return. They, they're they not at the Jared Goff situation or, or a Jared Goff point where they're willing uh, to just essentially give up uh, things to get rid of the contract. They want some value in return. And, and that may be the biggest hurdle of all, which I keep talking about, and it only seems to be getting worse and worse because if you've been paying attention to the NFL news this week, everybody's getting peddled from Kirk Cousins to Jimmy Garoppolo to Derek Carr, sort of these above average quarterbacks that are okay, but they're not star quarterbacks. Uh, But the more glut you have in that quarterback market, the less likely you're going to be able to move Carson Wentz. So he wants out of here, but what does that really mean? He doesn't have leverage. To get him out of here, even if you look, if you compare it to Deshaun Watson, uh, he doesn't have any leverage either other than he's a superstar. Carson is no longer a superstar coming off a historically historic regression. There's no leverage. So it doesn't matter what he wants. So there's a few things here. Um, Let me start with... The coaching staff and the new coach, like, we haven't heard from Carson Wentz, right? Like, we, and we've talked about that. We talked a little bit about it last night. Carson's been radio silent, uh, no pun intended. Wouldn't the coaching staff, just uh, our assumptions, 
wouldn't the change maybe make him more open-minded or say, okay, you know what, instead of wanting out, let's see what this Sirianni guy is about. Let's see what this new coaching staff is about. Maybe things will be differently. Like, I think that's, um, that's a story if all these changes didn't change Carson Wentz's opinion on the situation. Well, because I don't think his opinion can be changed. So I, I think you're going to continue to see the goalposts move, so to speak. You know, uh, early on it was uh, he was not getting along with Doug Peterson. Well, you move you, you remove Doug Peterson from the issue, and now all of a sudden he doesn't like the organization. And uh, it, it was never going to be, oh, okay, Doug's gone, Carson's happy as a lark because. I, I, to be honest, I don't think he necessarily had a, a, a huge issue with Doug Peterson. He certainly had some issues about his autonomy at the line of scrimmage being taken away uh, right before he was benched. But, you know, this is the big, in my opinion, uh, and this part is, is, is just an opinion, um, Carson has a really, really difficult time accepting, you know, the fact that, um, he had a big part in his benching. And I, I think it's got to be a, a pretty clear wake-up call uh, when his agents, um, the Tolners and Chase Callahan, go to him and say, you know, there's not a lot of interest here. And there's not a lot of interest here because of the way you played. There's no, there's no other reason. If you go back before the season – now, it's silly to talk about because the Eagles didn't want to trade him. The Eagles had no reason to want to trade him. They had just given him $128 million. Uh, he would have had a lot of value. And you fast forward, and, you know, there's, there's not much value there. And that's directly related to his play. It's got nothing to do with the coach. It's got nothing to do with the organization. It's what he put on tape. And at some point, look, Agents have to prop them up. I mean, they have to. It's their job. Uh, but if they can't get something done, they're going to have to go to them and explain why and say, look, oh, there's, there's just nobody out there that's interested. So you either go back and try to resume your career, reclamate whatever adjective you want to use, or, or not and sit and pout. That's that's where I think we're we're headed to. I've asked you uh, over the past couple weeks with the new hires of the head, uh, the coaching staff, and the head coaches at the top of that list. Of course, how much of we need to fix Carson Wentz was behind all of these decisions? And you said, listen, no organization makes that type of hire with only one player in mind. And and I agree with you. But that had to have been a little bit of a factor. And, and we've been saying Carson's not going to get moved because of his contract and, and some other reasons. So why potentially now? And, and let's pretend Carson does get traded in the next two to six weeks. All of these moves that have taken place in the offseason, do they look better, worse, or the same? Uh, the same. I, I, I mean, it, it, it was... You know, the, the move away from Doug Peterson had more to do um, with a clash between the ex-coach and the owner 
than it had to do with cars and lands. Um, so I, I don't think it looks much differently. But w- when I say that, and, and I've said that on this show pretty consistently, you don't hire coaches for one player, no matter who that player is. I don't care if it's Aaron Rodgers all the way down to uh, the worst quarterback in the world. You don't hire a coach for that player uh, because we've seen it time and time again. Uh, I mean, you know, wins and losses are a team stat. stat. They're not a quarterback stat. But, And I say that even on the other side as well because you have people going down the route that they hired Brian Johnson because he knows – you know, Jalen Hurts, since he was four years old, he played for his college and high school. He recruited him unsuccessfully, I might add. Um, I don't believe that either. Um, and, and he also developed, you know, Kyle Trask this year in Florida, who's about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and is more really a Carson Wentz 10-plate quarterback than a so-called Dak Prescott, template quarterback, who he coached in Mississippi State, and everybody says, well, he coached Dak. So, yeah, well, he also coached Kyle Trask, and that's the point. If you're a quarterback coach, you better <laughs> coach more than one kind of quarterback. And if you're a head coach, you sure as heck better be able to, to coach 53 guys and not just one guy. I mean, that's that's not gonna that's not gonna work. So. I, I, I've said it a lot, you know, as much as I criticize Jeffrey Lurie, and I've criticized him a lot, I, even I don't think he's just doing that. He didn't bring in Nick Sirianni to save Carson Wentz. Do you think Jeffrey Lurie and or Howie Roseman fielded any calls about a potential trade or made any calls just casually about a trade to Carson Wentz, and I'm going to follow up with a question uh, after you answer that. Oh, yeah. There's no question. I, I, I mean, they're fielding calls. I, I mean, if there's interest, they're going to listen. Um, and, and that's part of the problem, I, I think, and we'll see how things shake out. Again, you know, is Minnesota really shopping Kirk Cousins? Does Kyle Shanahan really want Kirk Cousins? If, if he does... Um, you know, all of a sudden Jimmy Garoppolo's out of there. Uh, John Gruden, I can certainly believe, is shopping Derek Carr uh, because he hates every quarterback he's ever had. He he loves them for a week, and then he hates them, and he's always looking uh, for the bigger and better deal, so to speak. Um, So you have all these quarterbacks, and and we're not even bringing up the Deshaun Watson to the world. Uh, You know, Matt Ryan – Atlanta says he's going to be back, but you can change your mind. Aaron Rodgers, we know uh, Green Bay's not going to let him go, but you don't know where this goes from here. We've seen it time and time again in, in this new era of sports where athletes force themselves out of certain situations. Um, you have all these names, and we haven't even gotten to the rookies. I, I You know, there's only a, a certain amount of teams in the quarterback market and, and as I pointed out, already cross out too, because the Rams are out and the Lions are out. And that's, that's it, 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 the more you squeeze it, the less likely something's going to happen. And I asked you that question to start because I want to follow up with if they looked at that trade, the Goff and Stafford trade, as a 
missed opportunity because if they were set on not trading Carson, you know, would they have traded, you know, Carson Wentz for Matthew Stafford or or golf? You know, would they have maybe been involved in that deal replacing one of those other teams? No, for a couple of reasons. One, I, I, they're not at the point, as I said, they, that they want to dump Carson for essentially nothing, and that's what the uh, the Rams did. They they dumped the contract by sending three draft picks uh, to Detroit. It just happens to be that, and also from the other end, remember who Detroit's general manager is, uh, and he came from the Rams, and he and he was there college scouting director. So he scouted Jared Goff. Uh, he likes Jared Goff. Um, so there's a lot of intricacies to that deal. Uh, and, and, you know, the Eagles just inserting Carson Wentz in, in for Jared Goff wouldn't have worked for either side because the Lions wouldn't have been interested because uh, Holmes has no history with, with Carson Wentz. He chose his quarterback. He likes his quarterback at the top of that draft. Um, and the Eagles don't want to, don't want to, at this point, don't want to go that NBA tra- trade route where you're just dropping an asset and trying to get rid of it at all costs. They want some value in return, which I think is crazy, but that's what, that's what they want. Well, everything this team does seems a little bit crazy, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're holding on. I, I think they're starting to realize, wow. You know, people are looking at this film and saying, this guy's not good. Why are we giving you up something significant? Uh, you know, and you can talk about potential, and I know everyone wants to hold on to 2017 and even – 2018, 2019, but it was bad last year. And and Doug Peterson gave him rope uh, and tried to let him play his way out of that funk, and it just didn't happen. And then, oh, by the way, Ryan, on top of it, you do have these stories uh, and these sort of reputation-killing stories. And, you know, there's a lot of people in, in this league that believes, and I've said from day one, um, and now it's pretty much confirmed uh, by people that were inside. It. Carson Wentz wasn't killing plays out of spite. That's silly. I said it from day one. It makes no sense. It doesn't help him. Uh, it just makes him look worse. But guess what? Perception's greater than reality. We all know that. And there's a lot of people who believe that. That was killing plays out of spite. Now, if you're doing that, that's coach-killing behavior. You think other organizations want that? This this is going to be really difficult. If the Eagles stand there today and say, okay, we're done with this guy. We're done. And Jeffrey Lurie approves the $33 million in dead money. I, I don't think they can trade him. I really don't. There's too many other options. It's um, none of it makes sense. Like, like that's just the bottom line. None of it makes sense. With the reports of some people saying it's it's a possibility of Wentz getting traded, others saying it, it, no way. 
the reputation and the perception around the quarterback. Like, there's so much to this. And then we haven't even gotten into, tonight at least, John, just the whole dynamic of the reality of Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts in the same quarterback room, in camp together, just awkwardly working with one another. And I know there's no animosity, at least to our knowledge, between them towards one another. But that's just a whole can of worms that we don't know how that's going to play out and how it impacts the coaches and the coaching staff and Jeffrey Lurie and the front office. And it just it just seems like this is a train that is off the rails getting ready to hit the side of a cliff. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I've, I've also said that for a long time. The last thing you want is a so-called quarterback competition. And, you know, it's Super Bowl week and you have all these media calls with various people at, you know, Steve Mariucci uh, talked today and Kurt Warner wrote about it. They talked a little bit about Carson Wentz. Uh, I wrote about it uh, for Sports Illustrated. And obviously Mariucci's um, uh, former head coach in this league with San Francisco and Detroit. And, and that's essentially what he said. He brought up the old cliche. If you got two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks. And, you know, the worst thing you can do is go into August with this so-called competition. And I don't know, all of a sudden you have a split locker room. Uh, that's how these things go. That's how they go. That's why nobody wants a quarterback competition. You can sit up there and say everybody should compete and, and give all these high school rah-rah speeches. Uh, when you're an NFL coach like Mariucci, and he's telling you, look, there's going to be camps. There's going to be a Wentz camp. There's going to be a Hurts camp. And it's going to get ugly. And it's not uh, It's not this situation. It's every situation. It is every quarterback controversy in the history of the NFL. And that's why coaches don't want them. They don't. So we're talking with John McMullen, our NFL Eagles insider. Follow John on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, si.com, and host of Extending the Play. A good one for you this Saturday with Colin Colin Thompson, uh, tight end for the Carolina Panthers, former co-host with John McMullen and myself. Uh, Switching gears for a second, Deshaun Watson report has come out saying that he is willing to sit out the entire season. And you also mentioned Derek Carr and the Raiders, Kirk Cousins. So your opinion, your prediction, John McMullen, how many more of these quarterback dominoes are we going to see fall? Uh, I think we're going to see more than usual uh, because I do think um, – Teams are starting to think differently, and as I kind of mentioned, uh, more in that, you know, why are we paying a quarterback, sort of catching up to the baseball analytics revolution, why are we paying a quarterback $28, $29 million to win nine games uh, when you could probably get a, uh, you know, quarterback on that rookie contract that we talked about. We talked about those four potential top 10 picks, uh, starting with Trevor Lawrence, but, um, you know, you have five years of, of basically, 
uh, cost-effective contract if you need it, if you go to that fifth year uh, with the option. Um, and, and then you have that, that sort of rotational college mentality that if that guy's not good enough, you just try to draft another guy. And from that standpoint, it might have worked out from the, for the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, and we'll see. Uh, and, and, you know, people have brought that up to me, maybe Howie's smarter than that. And I would give Howie Roseman credit if that's the way he was thinking, but that's not the way he was thinking. That's not even remotely the way the Eagles were thinking. They were thinking, oh, we're going to put two quarterbacks on the field. It's going to be so innovative. It's it's going to set the world on fire. They weren't thinking about rotating through quarterbacks. They had just paid Carson Wentz $128 million. They were all on board on the Carson Wentz train. Now, the only thing they were concerned about, and rightfully so, was the injury history. And that part of it, they certainly wanted a safety net. But this revisionist history, that's nonsense. They expected Carson Wentz to be a star quarterback, and they don't even know why the, why the heck he fell off the, the tracks. It's Again, I use that word. It's historic. Regression is historic. And I compared it. You know what I compared it to? Uh, that poor patient in the hospital who's got such a rare condition that every doctor stops by to look at him just to say, wow, you don't want to be in that position. The Eagles are in that position with a quarterback because you got to, you got to look through the history of this game and find someone who played at the level of Carson Wentz and then dropped to his degree in one year. It's bizarre. It's absurd, and it doesn't even make sense. And it's something we've talked a lot about over the past really two years. Uh, but a couple years ago, it was saved a little bit. You know, Carson rebounded just enough for everyone to kind of back off for a minute um, as far as his regression and, and who he is as far as his eliteness or lack thereof. Yeah, but that, that, let, me, yeah. let me say something about that, Ryan. You're right about, you. okay, you might have argued well, he's not elite, and I argued that. But that was still a good quarterback. There's there's a big difference between, okay, he's not a top five guy, but he's you know somewhere in the ten to twelve to thirteen range. Right. Versus he's not a top five guy, but he's the worst starting quarterback in the NFL, and that's what he was last season before he got benched. He was the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. Sorry if people don't want to hear that, but that's the way he played. And it is tough to come up with a comparison of someone who dropped that dramatically in one season. Uh, and, and, you know, all you have to do, again, is look at what the Eagles did from a contract standpoint. They thought this was the guy. And obviously they're wrong, but I, I don't necessarily even kill him for that because I, I certainly couldn't have predicted it. So how could I kill them for that? No, you can't. I mean, no one could have seen this coming. And like you said, the extremeness of the regression. Okay, yeah, he had an MVP caliber year in 2017, major injury, other factors around him and his environment. Okay, so he goes from top five to top 12. That's very sellable, so to speak, but this is just absurd, and we've talked about this, but just to get into it again here, as we only have a few minutes left, 
I, I would have to predict that people around him didn't believe in him anymore. Like, and, and the media and the fans certainly don't help the situation, but he's not, you know, rubbing shoulders with them every day. Do you think, you know, half the locker room was side eyeing him? Like, bro, what, what happened to this dude? I, I don't, I, I hate listening to him in the huddle. I don't believe in him. And any, any version of that from the coaching staff, the former coaching staff? Certainly not the coaching staff. I mean, yeah, I, I think, you know, dating back to the, the Philly Boys story uh, from Joe Santa Laquito, I mean, that was legit. You know, Joe got a lot of you-know-what for that. But uh, I, I know who those sources were. I know who those guys were uh, criticizing Carson Wentz. Uh, and it was real. And it is real. And there are certain guys that he rubs the wrong way. It's a weird thing because I think it's more of, um, you know, a personality thing. Uh, Just, you know, some people rub people the wrong way. He's stubborn. He's type A personality. We've we've said this a lot. I've said it a lot. Frank Reich has said it. Every coach has said it that's ever coached him. but, you know, so I, I always say so is Tom Brady, so is Aaron Rodgers. So the difference is they're successful. A lot of people don't like Aaron Rodgers. I always say, ask Greg Jennings about Aaron Rodgers. You're going to hear some stories. Uh, he does not like him. Uh, but what can you say if you play at that level? It doesn't matter. Um, and, and, and that's the difference. Not everybody's going to like you when you have that personality. I, I've never had that big of an issue with that. Uh, again, it comes down to um, are you having success on the field? And when I brought up Mariucci, Kurt Warner also talked today from the NFL Network. Now, obviously, Kurt's in the Hall of Fame. Great mechanical quarterback. I mean, fundamental-wise, uh, just really, really good. And that's the first thing he said about Carson Wentz. He talked about his mechanics and just they weren't good to begin with, uh, but they were improving incrementally. And now they're just terrible again. So, and that's where I go back to the point that, you know, when Carson Wentz starts talking about uh, rebooting his career, whether it's here or somewhere else, he's got to start with himself, man. He's got to fix those mechanics and, and and accept coaching, and you know, try somebody else's way. His way hasn't worked. That's why. That's where I think we are. Last question for you, John, before I let you go. This is actually from the Twitch stream, Play Action Reel, and this is a good question. I don't think I've actually asked you this yet. Has Carson spoken with new head coach Nick Sirianni yet, to your knowledge? Yeah, Nick, Nick said he, he spoke to him. Um, and and you know, this time of year, remember, I, I think a lot of fans don't, don't realize you can't talk football. All this is collectively bargained. You can't have meetings. Uh, you can't break down offenses and say this is what. But I, you know, a new head coach, and he mentioned he reached out to Carson, he reached out to Jalen Hurts as well. He reached out to a lot of players to introduce himself and uh, just get things rolling from that standpoint. He's got to win over a whole locker room that goes far beyond Carson Wentz. But yeah, that's a long-winded way of saying that they talk. Um, but you know, the Eagles. Uh, as an organization, uh, and Carson as a player, I've not made a decision yet whether he's going to be back or he's going to be gone. So Nick's in a tough spot right now. There's no question about that. 
John McMullen, our NFL Eagles insider, every night right here, uh, 7.30 on the fix inside the Prop Swap studios of AM 1490. J.F. McMullen on Twitter, phillyvoice.com, si.com. And extending the play every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11. All right, John, we'll do it again tomorrow. Thanks, Ryan. With Colin Thompson, join us Saturday. There you go. Colin Thompson, tight end of the Carolina Panthers. That's going to be a great show Saturday morning. Make sure you uh, you know, put it in your calendar, put it in your notes app. I don't know what you kids do these days, but uh, do that. All right, let's get to a break. When we come back to start the second hour, 8 p.m., the legend, the GOAT, the Philly Godfather, joins the fix next to talk best bets for Super Bowl 55.